Attention all Buffalonian podcast listeners. You can find every episode in history on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Player FM, The Podcast Index, Pod Chaser, Listen Notes, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Casts Box, Good Pods, TuneIn, Radio Public, Pandora, and many episodes on YouTube as well. So if you're interested, as we're heading towards Season 3, coming up here in a little bit, as football season starts, go check out all of our episodes at any of those podcast providers mentioned. This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Horse Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the Wings of Blue Cheese Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast, with more shows on the way very soon. Find these shows wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit our website posted in the episode description. Now, without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, and more. The Buffalonian Podcast. All right. Let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as per usual, not actually as per usual, it's been a while, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. The boys are back. The boys are back. We we played that song once for the Bills being back in town, but now it is us who is who are back in town, who is back in town. I got to check my, my grammar on that one, but showing off the Buffalo State University education. Yeah, BSU, baby. Uh, anyway, we are back. And it's training camp time. I mean, we're going to talk. It's going to be a full-on Bills Bills pod. And then we're going to have some of the usual tomfoolery in there or shenanigans in there as well. So it's good to be back, though. New trivia segment. New trivia segment. Quote-unquote trivia segment. More of a race against the clock today, if you will. So we'll save that for you towards the end. But, yeah, the Bills are, uh, I mean, for a shortage of words here, they're back. Right, they're they're at, they're at St. John Fisher right now. They're coming back to Buffalo this Friday for the return of the Red and Blue. You could see Mr. Dom Loss there is what a mobile ticket assistant, mobile ticket part of the mobile ticket team. I will be at a certain gate. I don't know what number that gate is, but I've I've caught him at some gates before. Um, he's uh he's the guy with the iPad around his neck. So the guy with the iPad. <laughs> Tall, lanky guy. That you can see. Tall, lanky guy with an iPad. That's what you're looking for. That, so. that, that has a 
some sort of some sort of apparel that says mobile ticket team. Yes, yes. Um, was it navy blue polo last year? Is that what it was? It was navy blue. I, I'm excited to see if we changed. I don't know. Maybe a uniform blue. change. Maybe hinting at the red helmet. You might get a red helmet on there. Maybe they'll go just that much further to try and aggravate people. And then make us seem that we're get an alternate. I mean, it's not like Labatt throwing out the throwback tease that they did with the red helmet literally on it for Buffalo. So. What can you do? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of good alternates out there, though. I will say that. So we're gonna see one against the Eagles. So we are Kelly Greens. So. That'll imagine if the Bills brought back the '90s, though, and then they played in the Kelly Greens. Like that would be iconic. Two iconic uniforms, red helmets, everything. It would be, but we're not gonna get we're not, it's not happening. Unfortunately, we, that would uh, unfortunately be living in a world of delusion. And the Buffalo podcast, we try not to. We try not. We not. We try not we to dabble in that world. Yes. But we don't try and live in that world. You know, when Stefan Diggs was missing, we we tried to. We brought everyone back from the speculation. So, no speculation, no delusion world, as Dom said, no dream world. We're in. We're in the here and the now. So, without further ado, let's travel over, figuratively, to St. John Fisher, and recap the week the Bills have had. Uh, day two. Just in general, the other day when I released that little 20-minute spurt before we did this, there was there was some injuries happening, notable ones around the league, but I'd say the Bills have come out relatively clean. What would you th- I mean, I know there was an yeah, injury I, list, but... I think throughout the first week of training camp, uh, not, I mean, obviously, Nathan Hines, but that was kind of... That was not before it happened. Before training camp, but I mean... The only one that I believe that was any significance, if I can remember, is Tim Settlements today because of injury. I think Ms. Morris left a practice early, but uh, Jordan Poirier had a, re- a veteran rest day. Um, so, so so far, so good on the injury front. Obviously, Josh maybe a little bit banged up that failed the uh, Philly special play. And oh, yeah. What happened uh, yesterday was a rough day for the protection of the offense. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But just injury front, I think you couldn't have had a better six. I mean, compared to other teams, you're other teams you're competing against, especially in, with the Bengals and the Dolphins, Dolphins, and even with the Jets with Garrett Wilson, I don't think you could have a better, better, better six days of health. Yeah, Ho- no. hopefully, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it continues. Let's yeah. knock on knock on our chairs here. Knock on wood. Yeah. And, yeah. And no, no, he's not one for the. You're you're not. Uh, I'm not one for the superstitions. No superstitions for you. No, no. no de- you know, we talk about the dream world. No, no superstitions for me. But talking, I think we sh- obviously we have about a week to cover of. Yeah, just uh, kind of going back through. So going, I don't know, going day by day, but I think we're just gonna go offense. Yeah, offense and then defense. defense what then... we, what we've seen it. What we didn't, we didn't go. Well, we, I, I have been. You have been. I, you I were. Did, I did go Friday. Saw Stefan Diggs's. I don't think it was a sixty-yard bomb, but it was like a fifty-plus yards throw that he beat Balen Specter when Balen Specter had his one day with the ones. Uh, so that was pretty cool. I mean, seeing Josh Kincaid. The Josh Diggs connection is back. You think? Yeah, I mean, like talk, it never left. I guess talking about the offense, you know, you know, talking about wide receivers first. It Diggs just looks like a man possessed right now. Yeah, and he looks like a guy that's more motivated. First off, he had a first first day of you know training camp. His press conferences. His press conference is one of the best press conferences you'll ever see from. Oh my gosh! Athlete. How transparent and how like just real that was. You know, I just, it was. I just had. I would. My only question to him off the record would be how many sessions of PR training did you have before? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. I mean, the way he handled these questions, though, um, just. I mean, 
these answers are media gold, you know, like they were everywhere. He was everywhere after that, answering all those questions of what exactly happened because, you know, the media did have a field day with it. Even the national media did. So um, they it's then good get, it's good to see that. Yeah. Situation behind us. But I mean, he looks amazing. Gabe Davis looks healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Diggs was giving him high praise too in that conference. He yeah, said so Gabe would be a number one on any other team. Yeah. I think for Gabe, contract year is kind of mm-hmm. here to put it all together um you know i think the ankle injury we kind of forget about maybe a little bit but yeah if he could just become a little bit more consistent maybe a more all-around receiver in that short area uh could be a big year for him but honestly i was surprised with you know just talking past catchers in general just the depth of the roster is mm-hmm. significantly better than last year yeah and that kind of like that threw me for a second obviously adding Kincaid, who Big Beasley, I, you I'm mean? Trying, you I'm mean Big not, Cole Beasley? I'm trying not to like <laughs> get overblown with that, but it's hard not to it's, watching it's it. It's hard not to, especially seeing him in person. Yeah, just how smooth, uh, how fluid he is with his movements. It seems like no, he every time he runs a route, there's no, oh, he took a false step there and that cost him, or you know, his hips is just so fluid. The dude's so a smooth. walking cheat code. I mean, pretty much in an offense, and he's, what six five, six five, and it's hard like, to tackle. As a quote unquote tight end, more hands, hands just oh my god, yeah. He's basically he's a slot receiver. I'm not calling him a tight end. I, I mean, tight, tight end by name, slight still tight end. He still is a willing blocker. I, yeah, he's, he's he's not a plus blocker, but he's a willing blocker, and that's all you can go for. But I think looking back at last year, you, the wide receiver and tight end rooms are so much more improved. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I was really expecting that going maybe into the off season. I thought. I don't know. I just assumed that the Bills' roster would downgrade, but especially in the pass catching department, it's improved so much from Kincaid now over Quinton Morse. Quinton Morse drops to tight end three. Kincaid's like a legit tight end, probably could be a legit tight end one. You have Dawson Knox, who I think is, I, I think he can make a case right now that Dawson Knox is the most underrated Bill on the roster. Yes. Simply because never made the Pro Bowl, doesn't have the All Pro, is kind of. In the realm of being at like ten, like a top ten tight end in the NFL, mm-hmm. and yet all the talk has been Stephon Diggs, Kincaid, Gabe Davis, Kincaid. Like a, he's a, he's a dark horse. He'll be yeah. He'll, I he'll think be. People forget how you know he's a very solid blocker and he's a very good athlete. Now I will say this: he's not as smooth as Kincaid, Mm-mm. and he definitely doesn't have the hands of Kincaid. I mean, Dawson drops for all those years. He, <laughs> he was Dawson drops his first he season. Has he's he very has much improved. improved. Yeah. He's improved, but- <laughs> He's a guy that I just think I actually I, I think with you know with a healthy Davis, a healthy Allen, Kincaid in the mix, I think that'll open so much up for Knox. Well, they weren't they handing off to Knox too in the backfield? Like they were yeah. trying to do some tricky stuff. Like that that'll be interesting. Uh, also with you know Trent Shurfield, Bushker, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Hardy. I just like how when I you know when I was there on Friday and I think every day really they've been very creative with their position groupings, motion, movement. I think Dorsey's m- more into it this season, like kind of shifting things around, you know? Yeah, I think. And he knows from last season, things have to change a little bit. Well, yeah, you I, know? Th- I think we saw the same things in the beginning of last year and they kind of shied away from it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, if I, if I could say one thing, like going off of that, Ken Dorsey, just go balls to the wall, man. Like, like truthfully, like that's what has to happen. Dable did his best stuff. He got really he got too cute sometimes, Dable, with the stuff he tried to sure. do. But in the beginning of the season, it was working, whatever Dorsey was doing. Then we shied away from it. 
especially Josh's UCL injury, that didn't well, help either. That's so why I'm slightly bullish because I want them to be available for the season. But I, th- yeah, I think with Davis's injury being maybe a little more significant with Josh's injury and the lack of you know a slot receiver, McKenzie wasn't giving you a lot by the end of the year. Like, no, nope. seemed like his confidence was all time low. Jameson Carter was injured. Shakir was kind of um, inconsistent. Probably the best way to put it. Yeah. So, when Crowder was injured very early on in that yeah, Ravens week, game, week four, I yeah. Believe. So this year, it's just there's so many more the depth of weapons and also the quality of wep- the quantity and quality of pass catching options have improved. Yeah, I also like how you know, you saw that Chiefs really do this with double tight end, mm-hmm. even triple tight end. Like they were able to find tight ends that are pass catching threats that make it hard for defenses to adjust to because they're so big, but they can also, you know, you just put in that third linebacker against them, but their third string can tight end could crush their third linebacker. I think that the bills, you know, the, they're going to live in 12. They bills have always been a team that have lived really in 10 and 11 personnel, which is like four wide receiver sets, three wide receiver plus a tight end set. I think this is the year where you see, a lot of digs Davis, but yep. with the double tight ends of, of Kinkita Knox. And I, for one, am incredibly excited for the possibilities. Oh, me too. I, I'm quote unquote ecstatic. It's going to be absolutely electric. I, I, I think looking into it, I'll be at the red and blue game Friday as a spectator. I will not be a mobile ticket assistant. So as, as a fan, as a fan, as a fan. So maybe I'll do a live little, like uh report from there or something like that. Maybe record a couple plays to play on the next pod, some stuff that sticks out. But I'm really, really looking forward to Kincaid. I'm really looking forward to um just seeing the offense click. And I want to well, I mean, we'll talk about the defense in a minute here. But one thing I will say I'm very I'm I'm a little disappointed in, and this is going back to the Naheem Hines injury, of course. It's tough because he he played well last year especially the kick returns. Like that's something I think we'll be, you know, we'll have to figure out now, but I would have loved to see him on this bills team and how well he worked into it after a full on preseason and training camp. You know, that's the, that's the tough part about it. Yeah. Cause we still haven't seen that. He just came in in the middle of last season, you know, yeah, the unknown of mm-hmm. what his role really would have been the offense. Yeah. I think we've seen James cook play very solid football, but my concerns of James Cook remain from, you know, all the reporting from last practice of he really struggled in pass protection. And if you're going to be in every down back, you have to be able to pass protect your quarterback. And that's why I think the additions of Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are really solid vets. Not only for them, first off, Latavius Murray is huge. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray is a linebacker and playing running back. It's really insane to see in person. And Damian Harris is ha- – his legs, his quads are tree trunks. Oh my god! Yeah, like he's only like five nine. You and I were at 10. that game when he ran forty five yeah. times against the Bills on Monday night. We were both at that game. Unfortunately, so we in, saw in him in action. So, but I mean, they they they're like the veterans. They'll be the pass pro guys. You know, they were good in pass protection. I think Cook needs to learn from them because he ran. I mean, we saw the video of him beating Hines, Hyde Hines, Hyde on that wheel route. He's looked to be very explosive in the backfield, wearing number four. Maybe he looks a little 
fast than someone wearing 28 i don't know but <laughs> maybe um, the single number the single actually, number the single number makes him maybe that makes him more explosive maybe some aerodynamics less of a raise on the on the jersey at all you know yeah i'm excited for year two for that the running backs more again i think the running backs have improved and they're more qual quantity as well like james cook has improved himself i think the addition of murray and harris out you know is better than Moss and Singletary. Mm -hmm. Your losses. Well, let's just talk about. I mean, I'm not. Let's talk about. But let's just go back. Moss. I mean, anything's better than that. Let's well, just be honest. I, I'll give him. He was pretty good in Indy. Um, a little bit down the stretch, and he was pretty good in training camp. Before well, maybe before their system on. just fits him better. I guess I don't know, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, it just didn't work out in Buffalo. But I, I like the running backs better. The quarterbacks behind Josh, obviously Keenum. I don't think was flat. Was really great last year, like even when he played in the preseason. So I'm not trying to worry too much, but I'm not a big Kyle Allen guy. Matt Barkley's kind of a locker room guy, so yeah, that would be my concern. Would be that, but Josh looks. I mean, Josh is Josh. So right. Anytime you have that, anytime you have a dude number seventeen and on your team, you have a chance. So. Yeah, and he's dating an actress. You know, Aaron Rodgers won four MVPs while he was dating an actress. So was he dating an actress? Different actresses for each MVP, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of the precursor. Really name them. Uh, one was Woodley. I forget her first name. Uh, that was the Shaley. second. That was the second MVP. Yeah, and then or the third and fourth. Sorry, the back to back 2020 Um, uh, Man M A N N, I believe Rachel Mann. I want to say was the second one. Okay. I don't know who the first one was though. We'll have to fact check I mean, that. Yeah. I mean, actually, it, you know what? If if it works, it works, but let's just let's see it now. I let's think see it now. I think while you look at that, I think my one concern is this offensive line got throttled yesterday by the defense. And I I'm concerned. I think Deion Dawkins from reports have been pretty inconsistent. Uh which you'd like your left tackle to be you know the definition of consistent. We've had and Deion's Pretty solid, so I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't think it's cause for concern, but he's definitely been a guy in his career that what 13 of the 17 games you play is a very elite left tackle. But he has those, you know, a game or two or three games uh, where he kind of you know takes his medicine. So that's a little concerning. Right tackle Spencer Brown is just another. I don't know to think about that. Mitch Morris seems good. Uh, the right guard situation if Osiris Torrance versus Ryan Bates is very intriguing to me. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of wins that battle. It seems to me like it's a coin flip at the moment. Yeah. So we won't really know. And then left guard, before Joe talks about Aaron Rodgers again, <laughs> of the signing of Conor McGovern, he apparently really struggled yesterday with Ed Oliver. And I think McGovern's probably an underrated concern of mine because – I like the Osiris Torrance versus Ryan Bates, mm -hmm. you know, battle. I like Osiris Torrance a lot. Yeah. He's the, just a tank. The right tackle is just the right tackle, but, you know, they did pay McGovern a significant amount of money, and this is his first time legitimately starting. And if he continues to struggle, I mean, we saw, we heard Ryan, David Edwards get first team reps. Like, I think left guard is a little bit more of a concern than I, I want it to be. But again, we're six days into training camp, so we still got a over a month until September 11th uh, in in New York, but yeah, I said the the Meadowlands, but yeah. All right, just a quick recap of what I mentioned about Aaron Rodgers' dating history. I got the 2022 or 2021 and 2020-2021 Sherlene uh, Woodley or whatever her name is. Let's see. Let's go back up to the top here. 
yeah, Shaleen Woodley, Shaheen Woodley, however you pronounce it. Um, and then I said man, but it was Olivia Munn, M-U-N-N. That was when he won the other ones. So that was uh that was on me, that second one. But uh Woodley, I got correct on that. But hey, dating actresses leads to NFL MVPs, and Josh is dating Haley Steinfeld. So we shall see, right? I mean, come on, come on. It the proof is in the pudding with Aaron Rodgers on that, sure. He was also, you know, psychedelics, whatever he mentioned. But we'll we'll get away from Aaron Rodgers because now he's a division rival. He is, but so the offense, I mean offense all around. If I had to grade this week, I'd give it an A. Yeah, it's probably like a B. B you think? Yeah, they're just inconsistent right now. Maybe I'm just excited football season is getting closer. Sure. You know, I think that I think, I think I might be riding the high right now sure. that we're it's training camp already. You know, I, I'm excited they have a lot of weapons. They seem to be very creative. Yeah. It's just something that at this point. They have to show us and the fans that they can do it for a full 17 games plus the postseason of being creative with their play calling and being, you know, not shying away. I think too much last year, they let the defense take away your best option, which is Stefan Diggs. And they were like, okay, we'll let the defense do that. And then we'll figure out about some other stuff, but people weren't making plays. I think in you know, to get to the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl, you got to be kind of like the Chiefs mindset of, yeah, we all know what you're trying to do. You're trying to take away Travis Kelsey, but we're not going to let you do that because we're going to dictate the game on your terms. Too many times, I believe, that the the offense got stalled out because they let the defense, the, the opposing defenses kind of dictate where they were going to go with the football. And I think this year the Bills need to do a better job of taking – control the game and forcing defenses to do something they're not comfortable with Three right. times the bills offense i mean you saw it with the with the you know drops the turnovers like too many times it felt like the bills were uncomfortable mm-hmm. offensively because the defense was taking away their best option the, the bills need to make sure that option even if the defense is going to take it away like you have to allow that option to still be a, be a chance to happen on the play, not yeah. just accept, oh, we can't go this way. Like, <laughs> you got to be yeah, versatile. Yeah, you got to be versatile yeah. and still leave that as an option. So I think the Bills, if they could be more comfortable offensively, I think they'll look smoother, better. I mean, the stats looked good last year, but the eye test just shows that they, they just weren't fully comfortable. And listen, it was the first year of, of Ken Dorsey, first time play calling. Right, Dorsey, exactly. So there's going to be a, a, a jump. Yeah, there's going to be growing pains. Absolutely. Yes. And you can make the argument Dorsey worked under Dable, not directly as an offensive coordinator. So that's invalid, in my opinion. So in his first season, though, getting the Bills to 13 and three on the season um, through all of the the blizzards, through all of the DeMar Hamlin stuff like that's that's I would say for Dorsey, that was a solid year for him and playing through Josh's UCL injury like we didn't even. You know, a lot of people still don't think about that where, yes, it wasn't torn like Brock Purdy, who's also throwing again, which is really exciting to see. I'm, I'm a big Brock Purdy guy, um, but I it, he didn't tear it. Josh didn't tear it. But at the same time, it, it was still a hindrance from that point forward. You can tell that's why they were going 45 yard passes on third and five, you know, because those he sidearms, those quick ones. It might have been tweaking. It. I don't know. I again, <laughs> again, we're looking at it from the fan perspective. We're looking at it from out outside the stadium, not on the field or anything like that. But I don't know. I'm I'm content with where the team looks to be on offense right now. What do you say we get into the defense a little bit? Yes, sir. So overall, 
I'd say it was it's been all right for the past week. I haven't paid too much right. attention to the defense specifically. I've kind of been infatuated with the offense, but how can you not? I know. At Oliver, when you got a quarterback like that. Well, right, exactly. But I mean, like we're looking at at Oliver, right? He got his contract. Some people said it was too early. He should have played and played for his contract. I don't know. He seems pretty solid to me, but again, it's it's training camp, so I don't know. He hasn't been in a game situation yet, so I don't know how you know what I mean. Like, I don't know how to grade that right now. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for the defense. Yeah, because I think they'll take a statistical step back, maybe. But I think they'll be. And Von be- looks good. Sorry to interject. No, sorry. Right. He was running across the field. I saw that video a couple times. It was looking so. pretty good, but I think it's the Bills under Leslie Frazier were, was the bend don't break. You know, keep the ball in front of you. You know, we're gonna take away. You know, the deep stuff and make you drive down the length of the field. And that is a fine strategy. I'm not saying that is a bad strategy, but it's it's really a fine – it's a good strategy in the regular season when you're playing Davis Mills. Right, you yeah, know, General like, Mills. Even, <laughs> like, t- maybe Tier 3 quarterbacks. But when you play, like, Rogers. the Tier 2 and the Tier 1 quarterbacks – Tua, our whole division. Well, I wouldn't Minus say, Mac I Jones. I wouldn't say Tua is a Tier 2 quarterback. What would you have him at? Tier 3. That's yeah. fair. No, um, you're right. I don't think. No, and but like yeah, what, whatever. It comes down to like <laughs> when you play the elite of the elite, they they're gonna be willing to drive down the length of the field. Oh yeah, and they're gonna be okay. Like you're gonna take away Jamar Chase's deep shot, or when the Chiefs had Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's deep shot. Okay, we're just gonna kill you underneath. And I think that conservative mindset really has been. I mean, we talked about it offensively. Like, I th- the, the 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 two biggest reasons why the Bills lost to Cincinnati was the fact of one, offensively, they just were not creative enough with their play calling, were very uncomfortable, let defense dictate the game, and defensively, they were too conservative and they let the offense dictate the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and f- for them to take the next step. Especially when you're playing these elite quarterbacks, is you kind of have to you kind of have to change your game plan a little bit. Where, well, McDermott might just do that. Well, that's what I'm we saying. We have a different play well, caller. That's what I'm saying yeah. is I believe the Bills are undergoing a uh, what's it called? Philosophical, what's philosophical, philosophical change. Thank you, philosophical yeah. change in how they play defense, which is Micah Hyde even alluded to it in his press conference. He said we got to get used to how coach calls the plays and all. Yeah, this I stuff, think he's going to come. I think it's going to be more aggressive. Uh huh. It's going to be more. We're going to come after you. You saw it. You saw it all day yesterday on Twitter. Oh my God, the offensive line is getting destroyed. It's not just the offensive line. It's the pass protection. Like they're just coming from everywhere. Yep. We're seeing DBs blitz, corner blitzes. Yeah, it's going to be more than nickel zone. I think this <laughs> this season. Well, yeah, you know? I, I'm not saying <laughs> Leslie Frazier did not no blitz, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of an aggressive defense, and I think that will make it exciting with the potential chance for more turnovers yes now the fear is you're going to get some more big plays but it's kind of it's kind of the to relate it though it's kind of the similar mentality of the sabers in a way though that high-flying offense right the highly electric offense and then you have a solid defense now well their sabers are of course looking to get better on defense but now we have the solid defense and you're going to be a little more aggressive yes you might give up the bigger plays but you're going to try, if you can, to keep them contained, you know? Well, I think it's also the fact of you want to make the offense more uncomfortable. 
You want to get after these quarterbacks, get your presence, you know, your presence felt. Also, you're going to force some more, probably force some more turnovers and, again, make the elite of the elite make more mistakes. And that could be the difference of, of the football game. So I'm excited for that. I think the defensive line looks really – Ed Oliver is a beast right now. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for when Vine gets back. Leonard Floyd is really playing well. He's a yep. mismatched problem, allows him to do a lot of things. AJ looks good. Tim set up before he was banged up. Looks good. <laughs> Daquan, He'll be fine. Daquan solid. Season. Groot looks like he's going to make another jump this year. So I think the D line is going to be a very good strength. This team, Milano looks like you know, the the more aggressive play calling. I think will really suit Matt. You know, he's more of a downhill guy, attack kind of guy. And then I mean, getting Porter and Hyde back healthy. Um, but obviously, we had to talk about probably the two biggest question marks on the defense other than besides like how is Sean McDermott going to call plays, which it seems to be. Well, if you, you can kind of get an answer to that. If you look back at the game where he took control from Frazier, which one was that one? I'm trying to remember exactly. Are you talking about the, the San Diego? Well, they were, I think it was the chargers. Yeah, it was the chargers game when Frazier was really pooping his pants, calling plays, (laughs) you know, and McDermott said, all right, I'm done. I'm going to take it. And then, all of a sudden, the defense was making stops and playing very aggressive. So, um, I think that was yeah. You need- it's a it's a quote unquote preview, I guess. That's what you would look for sure. if you want to go check out that game. I believe Philip Rivers was still the Chargers' quarterback in that game. We'll see that. So that, that is also about like what was Tyrod our quarterback? No, Josh it was still Josh. That was Josh's first career home start. Yeah, it was about five years. So yeah, five years ago. Um. That is a good point. I forgot about him taking it over. But, yeah, again, I think it's going to be more aggressive. But I think the two biggest question marks beside that is <laughs> who's going to start in Tremaine's spot mm-hmm. and who's going to start opposite Travis White. Travis White looking pretty good. Uh, hopeful he can I, I feel like Elam. I don't know about Elam. I think it's no? right now, I think I think Dane Jackson is the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. I think Elam has a potential to steal it. But there's something going on where – He's just, they just don't, full, they're not fully giving him. And I really believe we're going to see a, a rotation, which I don't love. I want, I want one guy to kind of just take the field and take it over. Whoever takes it, mm-hmm. takes it. And yeah, kind of sucks, sucks for the other guy. But like, oh, oh we can't forget about Christian Benford as well. But he didn't get no. first team reps. Yeah. Uh, the other day it was really just Elam and Jack. So maybe it's two man race. I mean, Elam Benford could still find his way back into it. But I also hope Trey is more confident. He looks to be more confident. Yeah. I think back. coming back mid season last year, Worried about re-injury had an effect on his gameplay for sure. I feel like that would anybody. So, um, I I don't know. I I I I like Elam. I do. I think he played well last year when Tremaine was out. He kind of stepped in where we needed him to. Benford in the preseason though was looking better than Elam was. Remember well, last season? I think the big question is going to be, you know, the Bills have been a very heavy zone team. Are they going to switch up and play more man yeah. coverage? And that does suit Elam because Elam is a is a press man corner, really. So if they're going to play a little bit more press man, I think that does sway Elam. But right now, I think Dean Jackson being the veteran in the team is going to be the leader in the country, uh, leader in the clubhouse as we currently speak, which mm-hmm. I just believe, to me, I believe Kyrie Elam will give the Bills the best shot in February of winning the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. I think he has the higher ceiling. Yes. I understand that maybe they believe he has lower floor than Jackson, but. I just believe that he will be an important piece for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. And Dane Jackson, I don't fully trust it. You know, Dane Jackson, 
wasn't good last year. I'm not defending it, but I do think if he played the he was had good coverage most of the time. It's just that he needs to be better at the catch point, which you know is enough said. The kind of Levi Wall syndrome of yeah, good coverage, but yeah, you got to be better like when the ball's thrown, the ball in the air per se. But yeah, yeah. for me, I, I agree with you that I think Elam is better than will be is has a higher ceiling and it's probably better than Jackson, but I think it's getting him to that higher ceiling that might put Jackson ahead for now, you know, for yeah, now, for to now. the time that it will take. I, yeah. I, I believe that. And then my linebacker, it seems to be Tyrell Davidson. Mm-hmm. I know they're doing a rotation. I saw I, when I was there on Friday, last Friday, it was Baylon Spector against first team reps. They seem to not have gone back to him. It seems to be between Tyrell Bernard and Tyrell Dodson. And yeah, I feel like, from all likelihood, it seems like Bernard's a little too small to play the little middle linebacker position, yeah. and a really true middle linebacker. And Dotson looks bigger. And I say give Dotson the shot. And probably, you know, it just he's got to play better than he did last year. He was brutal. he might though in the position he's in now. You know, like it's do or die. They no, si- you're, they you're, they let him go. They signed him back, and um, he's got big shoes to fill from Tremaine last year. He really turned it on. So yeah. as to why he was gonna get a big money contract from another team and that could afford him so yeah so um, i think that 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 those two position battles are the most and obviously slot offense but wide receiver three but even that one that one doesn't treat me as much as the defense ones because to me the fourth playmaker pass catcher would be kincaid so yeah i mean like it's not not like years past was like oh my god wide receiver heavy like who's gonna be number three like um I don't know about that, but right, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in my middle linebacker and cornerback because those are the two positions on the team that seem to be really tossing the air. I guess also if you want to be like what's really tossing the air is also who's going to start opposite Greg Rousseau. If 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 Von Miller is not healthy, I'm gonna say right now I would be shocked if Von Miller played Week One. It's not yeah, I, it's I know not, he wants to. I don't. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's different from oh I don't think he'll be ready to play Week One. I just. Going to New York, the Meadowlands, playing on turf seems like a, pr- and you could avoid that and play next week at home against the Raiders. Still on turf, but well, they're on like the rubber stuff. They're on the rubber stuff. The the Bills Stadium's not. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, I it's... don't think the Bills are on the. No, the Bills aren't turf. Like. Yeah, yeah, they are. The, no, the Jets, the Meadowlands is significantly worse than the Bills. Oh, is it? Maybe it's a different kind of turf. I, I don't think know. that's what it is. Yeah, maybe it might know. be. I don't know. Maybe someone fact check that and let us know. But no, I think it is. I think the the the, the Jets, the Meadowlands. I'm trying to think about other uh, teams. The, the, the Detroit. That's where he blew out his knee. So New Orleans is yeah. another one, I believe. The like the dome ish stadiums, and then that the Meadowlands, I believe, is turf. I believe. Maybe I'm wrong, but. That to me just seems uh, so. Going back to my original point of <laughs> before we got sidetracked with turf, Gregory says obviously you know pen, deep dark pen, one deep end, and then the second one I think is interesting. I think Leonard Floyd will get the second most D edge snaps out of the rest. Yeah, but I don't I think, think he'll it might be, be a rotation starting edge per se. I think that might be Epinesa, but I think you know Leonard Floyd might be kicking inside or when group kicks inside, you know, Floyd will come in. So I think Leonard Floyd will get the second most snaps out of the edge group, but yeah. I don't I don't know if he'll be the quote unquote starter. I think that'll be Adrian Epinesa. Also the I think the big thing is also with the edge group is Shaq Lawson's off to a slow starting camp. What does that mean for Boogie Basham's chances of making the team? I don't know. I, I I think it's it's we're in a new spot. Also, Puna Ford had a nine at a big pick six. I'm in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of another guy that's kind of unforgotten. So for, I mean, forgotten. Excuse me. So 
yeah, I mean, and Dawson Knox is underrated. I think Puna Ford might. I be think it. the Bills are going to surprise. And before we move on, I do have a clip that I showed Dom. Well, now that before after we we're not moving on from our offense defense to more of a league wide league wide chat. So here's here's here is a I'm not I'm not even going to name it. I'm going to just say it's it's another podcast I found on TikTok. Um, their comments on the Buffalo Bills and the rest of the AFC East. So don't want to subject anyone to the Bills Mafia's wrath. So we'll, we'll keep it under wraps, but here we go. Buffalo Bills are finishing last place in the AFC East this year. If you look at the AFC East, there are three teams that are trending up and there's one team that's trending down. Nobody's taking the Bills seriously. The Miami Dolphins have the best top-to-bottom roster in the AFC East. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers. The Patriots got Bill Belichick. Alrighty. He's a Patriots fan, so I, I did do some research on that. That is the most wild take I think I've ever heard, especially the Patriots have Bill Belichick. They've had Bill Belichick since Tom Brady left and have been the bottom feeder of the AFC East. Well, not the bottom feeder, but there's six... They're on their way. One six against the Bills. Only losses. Only losses. The one I should say is the game that we went to. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, we, won't be, we won't be going to any more Patriots games. Nope. Uh, well, but, I mean, technically, I did go to the one last year as a uh, being an employee of the team. So yeah. maybe I maybe I'm good. You're not. Maybe I I we'll see though because I'm going to the Jets game, the opener oh, well. in New York. So we'll see how that ha- that goes. But a team that's trending down is definitely the Patriots in the AFC East. Well, from where they were two years ago, I think that the conversation around the Bills would be that they are trending down because you've had back-to-back second-round exits. Mm-hmm. It seems that the Bengals have leapfrogged them. I mean, yeah, you can argue with the results. The last two years, the Bengals have gone farther in the playoffs, and they beat them in the playoffs. So it seems like they're the third team in the AFC behind the Chiefs and the Bengals. Yeah, and now with obviously the Dolphins going forward on Tua's rookie contract. Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets with a young defense, young you know receiving core, and they beat us with Zach Wilson once last year. Sure. Too. So I think there's some merit to the conversation that the Bills are turning down. But then I think when you look at the Bills roster from last year to this year, from an objective view, is I think they mostly got better at a lot of positions that really hurt them last year right like i think the the, offensive line's 10 times better well i wouldn't say 10 times i think the offensive line should be better we don't know if you know if mcgovern in a bigger role right what's going to happen there but you know what happened oh d line didn't perform within the year i put a ford leonard floyd a healthy von miller Mm -hmm. cornerbacks were kind of getting picked down at the end of the year okay we're gonna have year two of benford and elam you know, another uh, a year away, another year past that ACL from Trey White. Yeah. Oh, we're also adding Micah Highback. Oh, we didn't lose Jordan Poirier. Oh, actually, we also added Taylor Rapp, who's a starting <laughs> caliber safety that can make us do again, like offensively, we live more vers- versatile with the tight ends and uh, all that too on defense as well. So, mm-hmm. I think I can understand the sentiment of oh, the Bills are turning down, but I think even from my if you take out my Bills bias, like. I think the Bills have gotten better this offseason. Now, I'm not saying the Jets have gotten the Jets have gotten better, the Dolphins have gotten better. The Dolphins pa- also have Eli Apple now, so we'll get to that though. Sure, but the Patriots <laughs> have also gotten better as well. So I think the whole division has gotten better. But the Patriots offense still has the most coverable pass catchers of all time. Like 
There's not anyone on that team that's scary. Juju Smith-Schuster is not scary. Sorry. Yeah, and then we're going to see it with... We, I think Aaron Rodgers has got to prove the year that he is going to be able to bounce back. Also, I think what the scary thing is, what's happened to the Bills, too, is when you have really good defense and elite defense, the next year you usually see some kind of drop-off. This happened with the Bills when they were... What were they? Were they two in 2019, or maybe they were even one? I think they were one. I, then, I think they had a number one season. Yeah, and then in 2020 they were mostly middle of the pack, and they survived off turnovers. And it was kind of like, oh, this Bills defense not as good as it was in 19, and the offense exploded with Josh. But it was yeah, a trade off. It was question mark. So like, if the Jets, if that happens to the Jets, who were top five, you know, and they if they, if they slip back to like 12th. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean for them? The Dolphins, I think, are going to get better because I think their defense is going to be more consistent. But then also with the Dolphins, I think Tua has some questions because the offense for the Dolphins, people kind of forget this. This happened with the Bills and why the Bills struggle is that their offense kind of got figured out about how big centric they were and they kind of judged. Right. I think a lot of people do kind of forget that the Dolphins' offense kind of got figured out at the end of the year. Now, yeah. I know they, they had a very good performance against the Bills in Buffalo in December. But with Skylar Thompson, they were bad. Tua was really – I mean, they were bad against the Chargers. So it it seems like the offense for the Dolphins also needs to find a way to be – like adjust from what the, the defenses were making them do. So Right. Tua might, though. He's put in a lot of work in the offseason, jujitsu and all sure, that. I respect, so. I respect all three teams in the – I mean, it's a top division. It's a top division of football. If I may team. make a comparison, though, and you can feel free to chime in whenever you want to cut me off or if you sure. if you think it's absurd. Okay. Shoot. So, shoot or shoot. This season's AFC East is last season's AFC West. Chiefs were touted to not even be the first in I'm their division disagree. last year. You think? I'm gonna disagree. Can I finish? Can yeah, I finish sure, making sure, the point sure, real quick? Sure, just, sure. just to put it all out there, and then we can chat about it. Okay. So the Bills and the Chiefs have been the top of each division, right? Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. Um, both have all, you know, top talent quarterbacks, whatever. Then you move down a spot. I would put the Dolphins there, and I would compare to them to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. With Tua and Herbert, both younger quarterbacks. I'm not comparing both of them talent wise because I think Herbert's a gunslinger more like to Josh Allen than Tua is. But their teams are on the rise, right? Younger coach, Brandon Staley, Mike McDaniel, trying to make it work. Some veteran players um, have some great talent around the quarterback, just a younger guy trying to make it work. All right. Then in third, you have the Broncos and the Jets. Not because Nathaniel Hackett has been involved with both teams, but because the Jets, you just brought in a veteran quarterback, right? Like the Broncos brought in Russell Wilson thinking it was going to turn the entire season around, which it very well could have. Remember, people, including myself, had the Broncos at number one or number two in the AFC West last year, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was the whole thing. People are putting the Jets just because of Aaron Rodgers' addition at number one and number two in the AFC East this year. So I, I think that's a direct comparison. I mean, you don't know how that can go. It could work out for the Jets, unlike it did for the Broncos with the coaching staff they had. And then you have the Patriots and the Raiders just kind of there. Um, Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels okay. has been involved with both so, teams. So that's kind of my comparison, I guess. I understand your comparison, and I do think it will play out in some fashion towards that because I think the Bills are going to win the division. Yeah. So that, that's similar. That's not just Bills bias. I think they have the best overall roster. But you saw it last year. You had the Bills, what, 13-3, 
Dolphins were nine and eight. Patriots eight and nine. I believe the Jets same record they had with Brian but, Flores, by the way. Would like to point that out. Yeah. So <laughs> I think the difference between the AFC East the this year between the AFC West of last year is one is the Patriots are significantly have a better roster than the Raiders did. Yeah. The Raiders had a very flawed roster and they were very flashy of getting, you know, having Adams, Waller, who couldn't stay healthy, and same thing of Renfro. So they had a disappointing year. I think Aaron Rodgers is better than Russell Wilson. And I also think the Jets roster is better than mm-hmm. the Broncos roster. Yeah. Uh, going into the last year. And then I also just believe that the Dolphins are better than, well, I shouldn't say this. The Dolphins and the Chargers, are, I think that's a decent comparison. I think they're actually pretty close. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I think that one's a good one. And then I guess the Bills, Chiefs, but, and so I think the West, it, it may play out the same where, oh, the top dog still see the top dog even with all the change. But I don't truly believe there's going to be a team out of the Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, or Bills that like, flop as bad as i mean the raiders and Raptors both flop like 50 percent of the division flopped yeah and i don't see you don't see them flopping. i don't see 50 percent flopping i just don't i mean <laughs> you don't see them changing primetime rules over the patriots no, i just think i just think <laughs> i just think the worst someone's gonna do is like maybe seven and ten i don't see anyone going like six and eleven or worse so i think that's different i understand yeah. it's a good comparison like the moves are very similar and all that but i think all the teams in the afc east are significantly better than those teams in the AFC West that were making those moves, other than the Bills and Chiefs, obviously. If you include them, like I, I just believe the Broncos did not have the roster the Jets have, and also Aaron Rodgers, I think, is just better than Russell Wilson. And I think the Patriots are, you know, with their defense has such a higher ceiling, and it seemed like I'm mean, sorry, higher floor than the Raiders did. The, the Raiders had like an incredibly low floor. Well, yeah, and they and always saw have, it hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a high ceiling. They had a higher ceiling than the Patriots, but I think the Patriots have such a high floor. And then the Dolphins and Chargers, I think they're similar, but I think the Dolphins this year rather than the Chargers were last year. Just, just it's not really the quarterback. I just think like defense, they have, they're going to have a very good defense. I think offensively, but yeah, this year I think the Chargers got better. So they're kind of like in the same spot, but if you compare them from last year, this year, so oh, that was a good one. And then uh, I guess a couple other news notes about the league as a whole is that obviously the NFL hundred is getting counted down. They're oh two, yeah, they're two twenty one. Uh, Diggs and Allen are still left, so I, they're top twenty. They're top twenty. I expect we at least see Diggs next episode, probably like eighteen. I think and, we'll see Josh in the last. The last. We'll see. I think Josh though. might be like eleven. You think? Yeah, he was. He was about there last year. So yeah, we well, saw they had Mac Jones above Von Miller last year, didn't they? Or above yeah, someone so, on the Bills last year, which was a yeah, wild. Von Miller. So. Yeah, we'll see with that. And then, obviously, you know, Poirier was ranked 57th. Good for him. Back-to-back years. He's on it. Milano, 69. Yeah. Uh, first time being on, so congrats to him. And then I, I, I do believe the Bills have, you know, Hyde, White, and Miller as both guys that could be on top 100. They mm-hmm. weren't in – they had, like, a whole season. Right. Uh, they had injured. the potential. So, um, yeah, very very exciting uh, news there. And then Madden 24 is coming out with Josh on the cover soon too. So that that's exciting as well. That's always, well, that's yeah, always I, exciting. My last point is Josh was a tier one quarterback. Mike Sando of the Athletic does this uh, annual survey of yeah, you know, coaches, offense coordinators, uh, executives, uh, defense coordinators, um, and Josh was the third ranked third in quarterbacks, and it was strictly was. Evidently in tier one, I think 44 put him in tier one, six put him in tier two. So uh, good for Josh. I think that's an appropriate rating for Josh. And um, 
the third straight year, I believe he's been in tier one. It might be back to back years. Cause I think what, two years before that he was in tier a high tier two. Now he's in uh, tier one. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do find it. I have to laugh at. <laughs> do I? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna say it. Nick Wright makes yep, me laugh. Yep, I knew you were about to uh, say it. I knew you were about to say it because he was so. Because <laughs> if you mad weren't, at, I was gonna. He, he he was very mad about the tears. And then someone must have told him that it was not media that voted on it. And then, like, on his podcast, and then the next day when he did his own kind of mount, like, mountain, he switched up what he was, what he said about Josh. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's a roller coaster, but his highs are so high. Like, it was like a kind of backhanded compliment, but like, he switched up kind of his commentary because I think he found out that, like, it wasn't. Yeah. It, it's not, <laughs> uh, like, I'm not voting on it. Like, it's not a medium I'm voting on. It. It's legit people from NFL. And listen, that doesn't make. The NFL people always write. No. Like, Aaron Rodgers is four, which I think is a little ridiculous. But, like, yeah. they definitely have a higher weight of, of, of value. Their, opinion yeah, their value opinions value a lot more because than they're, us, if, yeah. if you made it. If so, you and I well, – yeah. we could make a list, actually. We should. We'll publish one. No, no. You know? You're the one that was just put two in tier two. So, just, yeah. They had him think 17th, I want to say, which I was like, whoa, that's a little low. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess maybe, they, maybe they think it's more of the system and the playmakers, but maybe. Yeah, so. yeah, well, maybe we'll make a list. Maybe we'll ma- – You know what? I'll just DM it to Nick Wright 80 times until he responds. I'll just <laughs> spam him with it and just see what he thinks. The list – only Josh Allen all the way and just see what he, see what he does. But no, Nick Wright also, he, um, what was he commenting about? He commented on the top three quarterbacks, right? Like what you were alluding to, mm-hmm. but he only mentioned Josh's turnovers, which were at 50 and Burroughs were at like 40. It's whatever. In the same time I don't, period. I, don't, I was I like, I don't put too much of it, in there, but it, it, that didn't make me giggle when I saw that. I was so. like, dude, and the interceptions, Allen had 14. I think Mahomes had 12 last season, right? Like something like that. Like it was close. Like it's, yeah. it wasn't like. It, it's what it is. It's, it's what it is. But yeah, you're going to have a Chiefs. Well, not, never mind. I respect the Chiefs. Have you watched the quarterback series? I, I want to ask. No. No? Um, I just can't watch Patrick Mahomes. Well, you know what? It really makes you want to root for Kirk Cousins. He was by far the highlight of that series, especially singing at the NFL honors with the chains on his neck, singing Kelly Clarkson. Um, they went, he went through all of that. But if I hear Mahomes yell on the field after a touchdown pass, I'm just like that again, like keep going. I'm just like that. And getting in people's faces. I'm right here. I'm right here. He, it, at one point he goes to um, what's his name? Max Crosby Crosby. He's like, you woke up the wrong motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, like just all in his face. I'm like, dude, I'm all for getting in people's. I, I love the competition, but there's, you know, it, the bills are first of all painted as the main boss of the first two episodes with the rematch of the divisional round. And we won. And then the Minnesota game, they flashed Josh Allen sitting on a bench after mentioning like the matchup this week and then it's just silent just josh allen out there i'm like it's like the final boss showing up in a video game it was it was cool but <laughs> um i don't know it, it, that series was great for cousins and mariota you find out the backstory of mariota just vanishing mariota just after he was replaced and getting um acl surgery or meniscus he tours meniscus or something so you know i i would recommend it if you can stand watching mahomes just kind of gloat about himself for 30 minutes an episode it, it's all right i wanted to throw the remote at the tv 90 percent of the time but you know let's still recommend yeah i don't know and travis kelsey's punching out his teammates it's it's whatever the bills had a fight last year it's not that big of a deal you know yeah so what do you say though we can have some what did you, what did you call it tomfoolery tomfoolery and shenanigans 
we're not on a Friday, so we got to think of something else here. But All right. So, before we do that, though, ooh. I do want to mention this episode of the Buffalo Indian Podcast is brought to you in part by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, covering many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment, featuring shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Saviors of the Metaverse, and the Athletic Mindset. You can learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. So just wanted to throw that in there real quick. But now it's time for the tomfoolery and the shenanigans. All right. So I got the would you rather and the, the past prime. prime. So I'll do the past prime first. Okay. So again, official list will be released once we, I mean, are we going to cap this ever? You think? Or no, are we going to keep this going? I don't know. It's getting pretty long. It's getting long. So maybe we'll do pages 1A. Past the Prime Hall of Fame. A. Yeah. Yeah. The first class. Of the first the class. Seat. First class of the Past the Prime Hall of Fame. I'm going to put Max Scherzer. I saw, I went to Fenway, saw him go five runs, four homers. Okay. I know he's still kind of that guy. I mean, I think he has like a three point, close to four ERA, but maybe a little bit lower now. But I don't think he, he got traded to Texas. I don't think he's the same guy as he, he just gives up too many home runs for my liking. So I think, I don't think he's the side young award winner. I still think he's a, you know, number two or number three on a good team, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I'll yeah. throw them in there. Um, is there a way we could throw the entire Mets franchise in there? Yeah, those losers. Yeah, <laughs> come on, like, like where they're just selling the team at this point. Yeah, they agree they're punting on this year and next year. Yep, it's pathetic. They're but... keeping Pete Alonso though. It looks like apparently, I don't know so. about that, but my uh, my uh, would you rather? So it's 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 very relevant. I know we don't talk about talk a lot of baseball. On here, but me being a Sox fan, you being a Yankees fan, not a good year, not a good year for you. Good year for me, even though we're probably not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, definitely meeting and exceeding expectations compared to you. And it guys. doesn't look like Otani is going to come to the Yankees like everyone thought. Yeah, so. yeah. But my would you rather is this? So, if you were at a trade deadline and you were the Yankees, would you have bought or sold? Being a team that has all these expectations. You're underachieving, yet you still have a chance. Would you have gone all in and said, "We need to push everything we have," or been like, "Yeah, this seems this is a year lost cause." What would you do? What would you rather do? Go all in, or sell? I mean, they they didn't do they didn't, they do, didn't anything do anything until so, yesterday, I think. And they added yeah. a reliever. You know, they have the, one of the best bullpens league. So, the, I, 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 not talking about what they actually did, no. but like if you were if you were Brian Cashman, would you have went all in, or would you have traded off uh, some of your pieces that are free or pending free? If this is like, you know, this is the team, right? Like, that's how it is. I mean, I don't think there's time to restart. You know, I, I don't think you sell a year. I, I would have gone. I think I would have been a little more aggressive than they were. You know, they did absolutely nothing, like you said. Mm -hmm. So I think I would have gone all in. Yeah, I would I would have definitely bought if I was. Yeah, Yankees. you have the the team, right? Like, you just, you you had to do something, and they did nothing but get a reliever. And like you mentioned, they have one of the best bullpens in the league. So I don't, I really don't get it. I really don't get yeah, it. Yeah, they definitely could use a first baseman because Rizzo sucks. Yes, they could use an outfield, like they could use a corner, a left fielder because they don't have one third base as well as a problem. So, yeah, I would, I would have a couple more hitters, you know, because people that can, yeah, they had the, yeah. they had the, they're thirty, they're twenty ninth, and then will be in total hits behind only the A's. Yeah, and the A's are slowly like in the process of moving because so yeah, the A's are yeah, they're <laughs> purposely losing. Um. There, there's literally fans at that ballpark every week that say sell the team. Yeah. My second would you rather is my Red Sox team that's, you know, mm -hmm. had low expectations. I, I don't know if low expectations is the right word. Mediocre but, but expectations. Mediocre, about yeah. a 500 team. Team that now is ahead of, even ahead of the Yankees in standings. Just wanted to point that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe they're now actually two games ahead of the Yankees in standings. Um, mm -hmm. Would you have bought or sold 
I would, I, well, I would, I would have again bought, I think I would have kept adding more to a team mm -hmm. that's already getting better. I don't think I would have sold at all. You know, I would have sold. You think? And this is my mindset of, I think with the Red Sox, they're building up their farm system, but they need more pitching prospects. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in the mindset, more pitching prospects. I'm in the mindset of, if you're not going to win, if you're not, if you go buy and you buy and you're not, go, you still probably don't have a good chance of winning the World Series. I don't think it's worth it. Like the Rangers buying makes sense because they have a legit chance of winning the division, getting Scherzer to replace DeGrom, getting Hedges to replace, you know, Western York native Jordan Heim. Right. Like, that made sense. The Red Sox, like they trade Kiko. Yeah, uh, Kike uh, Hernandez. I don't know how they got anything. You, you almost that. said Kiko Alonso there. Literally the, literally the worst <laughs> player in Major League Baseball. Like one of the worst hitters and then one of the worst fielders. I don't know how they got anything for him, but somehow he'll do well with the Dodgers because it's the Dodgers. But yeah, for me, I would have sold. Like I would have traded off James Paxton, who's been kind of like their ace. I would have traded away. I wouldn't have traded away like Justin Turner because he's a good vet, uh, mm -hmm. even, even though he's a free agent. Like same thing with Kelly Jansen. Same thing of some of their bullpen guys, but maybe like Adam Duvall, who's an outfielder, Alex Verdugo, who's an outfielder. Like, yeah, I would have traded away to get some capital back because I still think this year, the second half, they're going to be built on Jaron Duran, Tristan Casas, who just won Rookie of the Month. Like, they're going to be built on guys who are young and improving and going to be Connor Wong. So, I, I think I would have just went more into improving my farm system for the future and developing. Yeah, and also the Red Sox are in a unique position because Trevor Story is going to come back eventually from Tommy John. You hope, I mean, God bless Chris Sale gets back to being healthy because he was good before he got injured. Like that to me would be buying. Like, oh, I'm getting Chris Sale, who's an ace if he's healthy, and Trevor Story, who's going to be a middle of the order bat and provide me good middle, you know, middle of the infield defense. That's my buying, so I could sell off my pieces that are legitimately free agents and get value for them. Because it, it, it was a seller's market; like there was people trading like a lot of pretty solid prospects for like oak, or, like number three starting pitchers, like Lucas Giolito, who's like a number three. Yeah, like he got uh, when I refer to threes, like he's like should be probably like the third best starting pitcher on a good team. Right, like, he got traded for a crap load of stuff. Like I just, I just think it's a seller's market. And if I was a Red Sox, I would have sold a little bit more, but. Come from Rathos fan, but going into our new thing. So, <laughs> as I get it queued up, as as Joe's getting queued up, we are reworking our trivia as we love doing the trivia questions and all that. But at this point, we feel like we're going to start being a little bit more, we're a little redundant with him. We want to be, as we say with the Bills offense, the Bills defense, be a little bit more creative. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, Joe, take it away. What are what our new ideas? Alrighty. So, we're going to do an online quiz sports quiz every week so here i'll throw it up it's from sporkle s-p-r-o-r-c-l-e you can see us in the bottom left if you're on video you want to throw a wave up or a little you want to tell the people that are listening to us what quiz we're doing yes absolutely let me so just maybe you want to get... pause the pod and then do it and then come back and see how we do as compared to how we do yeah yeah right so we are on the nfl team's redux r-e-d-u-x in parentheses and the tagline if you will can you pick the nfl team nicknames in one minute without getting one wrong we don't know what they're showing us we have no idea we're going in blind yeah you ever you know it's like bird box we have blindfolds over our eyes right now would you say 60 seconds to save the world 60 seconds we to save the four world. minutes we only got a minute it's got a 4.1 out of five stars or whatever this logo their logo is sporkles logo so 
Um, we got a one minute timer. We got 32 guesses. So let me just make sure, check the stream one more time. We're looking good. I think, yeah, we're looking, we're looking solid. So let's, let's just get into it. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. I'm absurdly confused right now. Lions. Seahawks. Oh, we have to pick what ones are actual NFL teams. Oh, okay. Falcons Chiefs, is one. Falcons, Steelers, Steelers, Colts, Colts Commanders. Just go, just, no, yeah, just keep going. Keep going. Forty nine. Rockets, Nats, Trailblazers, Oilers. Is one. That's 48ers, though. Oh, good, good Vikings. Vikings, Cardinals. Cardinals. They tried to get us with the Oilers too. Yeah, they did. Uh, Titans. Titans, Dolphins, yep. Panthers. Yep. Not Cheeseheads. <laughs> yeah, none, at none, the Packers. None left, none Ravens, left there. Ravens. Matt, Texans, Texans, Rams, Rams, oh, geez. Chargers, yep. Broncos, Broncos, Bills, Bills Speed Run, Packers, Packers. 49ers, Patriots, yep. uh, Cowboys. Cowboys, Giants, Raiders, Bears, Browns, Jags, going, Bucks, going, yep, Eagles. Stop, stop, I I clicked the wrong one. There we go. Okay. Did I? Did we? Did we finish it? No, we had seven seconds. We were gonna make it. Oh man, we got ninety-one percent. I I got click happy and hit the Rangers, but. Yeah, if you want to do well, that. that. It was like how many in a row was that? Seven? Was yeah, that seven? seven in a row. So well, I was who, I was who, who cooking. Did we not, what three teams did we not we missed the Jets, Saints, and then Bengals. Mm. That was it. So we what? had three left. So what's the average? We average score is 75%. We were above average. That was a little so. more of a, um, a speed run, not really a trivia, I guess. But yeah, we're gonna uh, we're, we're, we're gonna have we might have to check them out before we actually do them and see what they are. Well, no, because we have to do it live. Like Bill O'Reilly. Do it live. Listen, this was the it was the inaugural uh run. Well, next time we'll be a little bit better for choice. I I thought it looked cool, and then I mean, it did. It was just quick. Like we we can't really like sit there and enunciate what's happening. Yeah, it's more like. Plus, also we we also did one that was sixty seconds, so I made thirty two responses. So what did we really expect? But right, exactly. But. Yeah, I think, you know, for the first go, it was interesting. We'll we'll refine it as weeks go. We'll see what yeah. happens. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss. And Dom, always end these, buddy. Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.